Joshua 3, 5, it says, And Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Mm, and we've been in there all month long. Look at, look at the, 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 the NIRV translation. It says, and this is the most literal, most accurate translation of that particular verse. It says, Joshua said to the people, notice, set yourselves apart to the Lord. That's what it means to consecrate. Set yourselves apart to the Lord. So it's not from sin. It's not from something. It's to somebody. Set yourselves apart to the Lord. Tomorrow, he'll, God, will do amazing things among you. Man, that should make you happy right there. If you were sad, there ain't no reason to be sad anymore. God has promised you a better tomorrow. God says your tomorrows will be marked by the supernatural if your todays are committed to consecration. Now, let me make sure you understand. We won't go into all the definitions, but I got to make sure you understand uh, what it means to consecrate. It, it's, it means to be fully uh, it's a Hebrew word, kadash, kadash. In fact, I have it right here on my shirt. That's how it's written in the Hebrew language, kadash. And it simply means, uh, it simply means to be fully uh, devoted into, into an intimate and exclusive relationship with God. You can say it this way, just no other lovers. God is your main thing. God is number one in your life. It's not like you have... What is that song? How many lovers did that have? And that's, I think I just, some rock and roll song just came back to me. Anyhow, but, but, but just one lover. God's just, God's, listen, God's not looking for you to two-time him. So, so to Kadash means that you were just fully surrendered, that, that you are a God chaser, then you are a God lover, and, and, and you're going to be loyal and committed to him just like you are to your, in, in, in the natural realm that, that I am to my wife. My wife wouldn't tolerate me having three different lovers? You, you kidding me? <laughs> you don't know my wife. I, I, I would never be able to sell her. Baby, I'm going to be with you 80% of the time. But I got two other lovers, and I'm going to give them 10% of my time. Are you okay with that? She, she wouldn't put up. She, she, she would kick me out of the house before night. Before the sun set, I'd be out. Me and my dog, we'd be out on the road. <clears throat> <laughs> To consecrate, kadash, means to be completely sold out to God, to be fully in pursuit of God. It means to, to have a burning desire to seek after God, to know God, to know God. That's the reason why our vision statement, the reason why we exist is to know God and to make him know. Why? Because the Bible says, they that know their God shall do mighty exploits in the earth. Amen. And that word no is not in an intellectual way where you come and get sermonette after sermonette after sermonette. That's not what that word no means. That no means in the, in the Hebrew language again, and in the Greek, it means an intimate relationship with God. God's not looking for you to have a head relationship with him. He wants you to get your heart. He wants, oh, come on. He wants to have intimacy with his, with his people to consecrate, to, to Kadesh. God says, if you will consecrate yourself, if you will Kadesh, if you will, if, you will, if you will devote yourself to me in a relationship, he says, then I will do miracles in your life tomorrow. You don't have to focus on trying to stop sin. Just focus on loving God, and the sin will drop out of your life. 
I'm here to tell you, it's so, so powerful. You just get hungry for God. The Bible says those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. You get so hungry for God, you chase after God, and your tomorrows will be full of God. Amazing things. Amazing. Miracles are in store in your tomorrows if you will kadash today. So God is giving an invitation to a better tomorrow. If, if, listen, you... You can't gripe anymore. You can have a better tomorrow if you want one. Th th we, we've got the prescription. We've, we've been given the roadmap. You can have a better life. Your better life is up to you. If your life sucks, it's because you suck. It's going to be one of those days, huh? As long as there is a today... Hear me. As long as there is a day, celebration family, hear me. As long as there is a day, to, uh, today, my part is to consecrate. That is not just a 21-day thing. That is not just a January thing. That's not just a 2022 thing. That is the rest of your life. If you want better tomorrows, you got to do your job today. So, so, so I've come to tell celebration of the family of celebration. We're not done. We just begun. Come on. Come on. We just kicked this thing off. We just started. Come on. We just started one of the greatest moves of God. Because if we'll kadash today, if we'll consecrate ourselves, if we'll fall in love with God, if we'll seek after God with all of our heart, guess what? Our tomorrows will be blessed by God. I've got good news for you. 2022 is going to be a great year. Why? Because you're going to kadash. You're going to fall in love with God. You need to get this in your heart. When you do your todays, then your tomorrows are full of amazing things. Let, let me dive in to what I feel God's put on my heart. We find it in 2 Kings. I want to show you what God can do in a day. I want to talk about God's amazing tomorrows. I want to show you what God can do by this time tomorrow. What God can do by this, it doesn't take God long. It does, it got, in fact, we got a promise that God will do it in 24 hours. According to Joshua, you got a promise. You can hang your hat on that. God can flip that in 24 hours. Otherwise, he's lying. He says, if you'll consecrate today, I'll fix it tomorrow. Come on, come on. I'm going to show you how quick God can fix things. And I'm, I, we got a great example of this in Scripture, 2 Kings. We're not going to take long. And I'm just, is it okay if I just read the Bible around here? I, I decided to throw away the, the, we used to call it Reader Digest. Does anybody read Reader's Digest? We, we decided to throw that away and bring the Bible back in here. Just kidding. We've always had the Bible in here. 2 Kings. 624. It's, notice this story. This is a great story. Uh, shows us what God can do uh, by this time tomorrow. 2 Kings chapter 6. Notice verse 24. And it happened after this that the king of Syria gathered his whole army and surrounded and, surrounded and laid siege to Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and the siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for about two pounds of silver hmm, and a half a pint of 
dove's dung. Dung, everybody know what dung is? That's, that's dove's number two. Dove's dung sold for about two ounces of silver. So, so, so there's a famine in the land. The, uh, Samaria is, is, is sieged by, by their enemy. They are surrounded. They can't get out their walls, so they're, 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 they're locked in. And, and, the, and, and, and things are getting worse, and they're running out of food, and the more they run out of, the higher the prices go, the higher the toilet paper goes, and the higher the... Sounds like the day we're living in. Hmm. Uh, what's crazy is you would never think about eating a donkey's head, but in today's value, that donkey's head would cost you $735. Hmm. And, and that poop, that poop would cost you... a. a a small $45, just that pint. That's how bad things had gotten in Samaria. So God's people are surrounded by their enemy. They're under siege. They are actually in a lockdown. And the siege, the Bible says, lasted so long that stuff ridiculously became expensive. The inexpensive became expensive. You know, I, I can hardly read the Bible without uh, seeing parallels in the moment we're living in. You've got to turn off your news. There's a whole other world, and, and we're missing it. It's in God's Word. God's Word talks about the times we're in. They are, they are on lockdown, and the inexpensive has now become expensive, and they are so desperate. Hear this. They're so desperate for food. They are eating things they should not be eating. Um, I hate to bring this up, but I need you to get the magnitude of the story. They are even, even cooking boiling their kids and eating them because they are, they are starving. Uh, this is absolutely a hopeless situation uh, that just keeps going on year after year. Don't, don't, don't get confused. The devil would like to have a pandemic every year of your life. He would like to get you so much into fear that the next virus is coming and the next problem is coming and the next dilemma is coming and the, the next war is coming and the next, the next heat wave is coming and the next earthquake. And, and he wants to get you so distracted that all you see is hell in your tomorrows. And that's exactly what they were experiencing. This thing just kept on tormenting them day after day after day. In fact, it was so bad this is what their president, their king, said at a press conference. Notice here in 2 Kings chapter 6, he's actually responding to the cries, Help! We need food! Notice what the king says in verse 27. The king of Israel said, If the Lord does not help you, how am I supposed to help you? Do you expect me to miraculously get food from empty storerooms? You know, the king is saying to the people, Hey, I have no help for you. We are in a hopeless situation. If God doesn't do something here, there's no help for you. I've come to tell somebody today, some of you are running to the wrong people for help. Really? I'm going to say it again. Some of you are running to the wrong people. You think there's help out there, but there's no help out there. It will be a dead end. If God doesn't help you, I'm here to tell you, there's no, read your Bible. It doesn't get better for the world. It gets darker. Your help is not out there. Your help is up there. His God Almighty, your Lord, your Savior, your King of kings. 
Somebody shout yes. yes. Mm. King says, I ain't got no food. I, ain't, I don't have any help. I think we ought to come to that place in our society, in our world. Instead of flexing our muscles and say, ah, we can fix it. We can't fix this. You can't fix this. You're not dealing with, with a human problem. You're not dealing with flesh problems. You're dealing with a demonic problem. And the only one that can fix this is God, God Almighty, the Spirit of God, in the people of God that know their God. And they're doing their today so that they can do great exploits in their tomorrows. Some of us are running to the wrong people for help. You need God. There may not be help in the natural realm, but there's help in the spiritual realm. Notice verse 1, 2 Kings, the story continues, and I just want to read it like this. Verse 1 of chapter 7, notice now, a word of the Lord comes into the situation. And, and, And let me just say this before we read this. This is what we need. In every crisis of your life, you need a word from heaven. Then Elisha said... Hear the word of the Lord. For the Lord says about this time tomorrow, mm -hmm, you'll be able to buy a large sack of toilet paper, two large sacks of barley for almost nothing. (laughs) Hear the word of the Lord about this time tomorrow. So a word of the Lord comes, a word from heaven, a word of the Lord comes saying that everything is about to change. Everything is about to change. One word from heaven is declaring everything is about, yeah, you're not hearing me. One word from heaven comes and declares everything is about to change. They, listen, don't read this book like it's a fairy tale. This was real for people, and your situation is real. And that's the reason why some of you can't hear, is because your situation is so real. Their situation is real, and your situation is real. But I've come to tell you, heaven's word is real. Hear the word, hear the word of the Lord about this time tomorrow, everything is about ready. Come on, everything. Everything is about ready. What is it that you need to see change? I'm here to tell you there's a word for your tomorrow. The word of the Lord is what changes, listen to me, it is what changes a spiritual season in your life. All you need is one word from heaven. It'll change a season. I was, I was reminded of this as, I, as God shifted this whole message. I was sharing some of this with, with some people in the lobby Friday night. That in the natural, we understand that seasons change by clocks and calendars. You can't change winter by yourself. It takes a clock and a calendar. So all the seasons in life that we experience, whether fall, winter, spring, summer, all those seasons, they all change, hear me, they all change as a result of the clock or the calendar. But not so with the seasons of God. If you want a spiritual season to change, it requires a word from God. Woo! Did, did you know... Did you know you can change your spiritual season anytime you want to? 
a, a spiritual season changes in your life when you get a word from heaven. And the last time I, I, I remember, this Bible's full of words. You can change your season. You can come out of a sick season into a healing season. You can come out of a broke season into a, come on, all it takes is one. I'm, I'm just shocked when I think about it. Just one word from heaven, how one word from God can change my life so radically. Can I get a witness in this place? Has anybody ever gotten a word from heaven? And one word takes you out of, out of the darkness and puts you into the light. See, we can't change natural seasons, but we understand how they change. But I'm here to tell you, you need to understand how a spiritual season changes in your life. It's not waiting and holding on for God to get ready. No, all you have to do to change something in the spirit realm is to get a word from God. About this time tomorrow, everything, see that, what is God doing? I'm trying to change your season. I'm trying to change the famine. I'm trying to change the sickness. I'm trying to change the desperation. About this time, God's trying to change the season. And if he gets somebody to believe in that word, that season will change. About this time, tomorrow, everything is about to change. It's all going to change. What was expensive tomorrow will be now inexpensive. You need to know that you serve a God that can flip it that can change it in a day. Mm. I believe God is about ready to flip some things. Mm. I, believe, I, I believe we are so close. We are on the, the verge where God is about ready to release some things in our life. What hasn't happened in years is getting ready to change in 24 hours. I think I need a bigger response than that. Because the truth of the matter, and the, and the reason why is I'm not looking for loudness, I'm looking for faith. Because if you don't believe what I'm saying, you can forget this happening. And I'm going to show you in Scripture. That's the reason why, come on, there's surgery going on right. I know, when, when you've been stuck so long, you stay stuck. When you've been sick so long, you just want to stay sick. When you stay poor so long, you just, you, just, you just embrace the poverty. But I'm here to tell you we're breaking that stuff. This time tomorrow, this time, everything is about ready. You don't have to lose again like you've been losing. Hey, you don't have to be sick again like you've been sick. You don't have to be poor again like you've been poor. Everything is about ready. Oh, if you believed it, you'd have a hard time sitting there. Somebody needs to put in the chat, it's about to change. It's about to change. It's about to change. It's about to change. Why? Because we have a word from God. And every time you have a word from God, the intention of that word is to change the spiritual season. Oh, that's good. Notice verse 2. So the word of the Lord comes, and notice what happens. Verse 2. Then the servant on whose arm the king was leaning answered Elijah and said, Even if the Lord opened windows in heaven, that couldn't happen. Sounds like the modern-day church. Hey, about this time tomorrow, everything is about to change. 
You know what we get from the church? A little golf clap. And then we wonder why it's not much changing. Because you don't believe that any more than you believe anything else. I was going to say something, but I held it back. <laughs> About this time tomorrow, everything, what was expensive is going to be inexpensive. About this time tomorrow, you won't be boiling your babies. Maybe some of us aren't desperate enough. But that had to be the best news that they had heard. They had, they had succumbed to eating poop, to eating doves poop. Maybe, maybe we, maybe, maybe, maybe we haven't seen enough hell. And when you've seen enough hell, you, you're done. And I don't know about you. I don't have to see any more death. I don't have to see any more COVID. I don't, I, I don't have to see any more sickness. I don't have to see another funeral. I'm done. Okay. I, about this time tomorrow, everything is getting ready to change. If we could just get the church to believe what God is saying for the church. King, the arm the king was leaning answered Elisha said if even if the Lord will open the windows of heaven that couldn't happen Elisha said because you have said that you will see it with your eyes but you will not eat it you will not have it you will not experience it you can go to your Sunday church weekend after weekend do your religious thing but you'll never see what I have in store for you because of your doubt and your unbelief and your complacency and your lukewarmness Mm. Hear this today. This is so crucial to the story. When God releases a word, your response to that word determines everything about that word. If you don't embrace that word, believe that word, obey that word, then that word will never affect your life. Now, notice this. It was the one that the king leaned on. It wasn't the king that said that. God comes with the word, says, hey, by the stripes of Jesus, you're the hit of the Lord. Oh, yeah, right. I heard that before. Yeah. Hey, grab some of this communion, your booster shot. Oh, that's funny, Pastor. No, it isn't funny. This is real. This will keep you alive. Yeah, it's just a wafer. No, this is the body of Christ. This is the blood that was shed upon Calvary. It'll redeem you. It'll save you. It'll restore you. It'll heal you. It'll deliver you. And the moment you start taking it serious, God will take your life serious. Woo! Somebody shout. Somebody worship. I need a piano player up here. I need somebody to play. Tava, come up here. How many of you at least give me three more minutes? I'm going to take every, all of them. I'm going to take three, six, nine, twelve. Another one back there. Listen, I, I, this isn't long. There's just something, something stirring in my heart. Notice it, was the, it wasn't the king that mocked the word of God. It was the one that the king leaned on. It was the one that the king leaned 
on. In other words, it was the one the king had trusted in. In other words, it was the one that the king had a close relationship with. It was that guy that said, Oh, that's a joke about this time tomorrow. Now, you didn't say it, but some of you are going, hmm. Oh, that's a joke. Like God's word doesn't mean anything. That's a reason why in Bible days when they read the word, nobody sat. When you opened the word and read it, everybody stood to their feet because there was a respect and an honor and a value for the word of God. But, but we've lost all that stuff in our modern day church. We don't respect nothing. We don't honor nothing. And then we wonder why our life is like hell. Because you can't disrespect what God honors and expect God to do great things in your life. You cannot submit to authority and respect authority and expect God to do something powerful in your life. So the next time that police officer gives you the ticket, don't give him the birdie. You say, thank you, sir. I deserve that. Huh? Yeah, if you were speeding, you deserve it. Just get your heart right, make the adjustments, slow down. Well, no, he's just... That authority is put there by God. It was a test for you to see if you would honor it. And when you dishonored it, you brought dishonor to your life. Dishonor to your home, dishonor to your family. And you wonder why your tomorrows suck. You just say, thank you, sir. <laughs> I remember. I've gotten a few tickets from even people that go to my church. Wrote me a ticket. Really? You're writing me. I'm, I'm your pastor. Oh, my, 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 my. How do we get off on that? He was the one mocking. The one that the king was close to. The one that the king had relationship. The one the king was dependent. He was the one mocking, making a joke out of the word of God. Be careful about the people you lean on. Wow. Mm. Those who are close to you, those who are around you, may be affecting you more than you think. Sometimes the closest to you are the ones that are keeping you in your dysfunction. Yeah, I know it's mama, and I know it's papa, and it's sis, and it's cuz, and it's homeboy, and it's... Hello. Sometimes those close... I'm telling you, I've been talking about it for the last two weeks. We're going to dive into it in the month of February. Who you hang out with really does matter. If the people around you aren't pursuing the God like you want to pursue them, you need to find some new friends. You need to find some new circle. If everybody around you is looking at porn, you need to find some new circle. You need to find some godly men that says, hey, I'm more in love with God than I am porn. Get around them. You'll find deliverance in your life. Who you hang out with 
matters. And the one the king was leaning on, the one he trusted in, the one he believed in, was the one mocking the word of God. Really? You think this can change in a day? What a, what a laugh. Mocked it. Made a joke of it. So Elisha says to the one that mocked God's word, you'll see it, but you'll never enjoy it. Elisha is saying because you didn't respond properly to the word, you will spend your life stuck. So it was his response to God's word that determined whether he would get it or be able to have it. Your faith is your response. Your expectation is your response. Your praise is your response. Your amen is your response. I want to say it one more time because I'm setting you up for something. Elisha is saying, because you didn't respond properly to the word, you will spend your life stuck. So here, it was his response to God's word that determined whether he would have it in his life. Faith is how we respond. Expectation is how we respond. Your praise is how you is how you respond. Your 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 amen. Do you know what amen means? So 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 so, so be it. When when I say something and you say amen, you're saying ah. Oh, so be it unto me as you have declared it in this place today about this time tomorrow, my life. See, see, if, if you was, if, 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 if you, if you were having a steady diet of poop, maybe you would be ready for this word. Well, come back when you have a steady diet of poop because you're going to need this word that when I say about this time tomorrow, everything is going to change. You know what? You won't be able to sit in that seat. You'll say, hey, that's my word. Amen. Let it be unto me according to the prophet's word. I've come to tell somebody in this room today about this time tomorrow, your life is going to be different. Oh, no, you, you missed it. You missed, no, 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 you missed it. No, you missed it. I'm going to try one more time. Try one more time. Is that really necessary? It really is. It really is. The Bible teaches that faith has an excitement. Fear, fear, which is what the devil is peddling right now, has depression and discouragement and frown and sadness. Do you know what God's doing right now? You need to get this image and you need to fix this image in your head. God is laughing in heaven and mocking the devil right now. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. If God is in heaven, if God is in heaven laughing at all that's going on, I think his believers ought to say, why is God laughing? Because he knows it's not going to work. He knows it's all a lie, and he knows there's still 7,000 that have not bowed their knee that he's going to find upon the earth to show himself. I'm here to tell somebody about this time tomorrow. Everything is about to change. Thanks for listening. 
If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.